NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! Tax season is here, which means you've received or are expecting that tax refund any day now, and you're thinking about what to spend it on. How about a new home? With SaveWithConrad.com, we're helping renters become homeowners every single day, and it's more affordable than you think. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need a huge down payment. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. At SaveWithConrad.com, we take the stress out of the home buying process. We'll determine your buying power. We'll even help you find a realtor. And unlike the banks, we don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. So if you're not ready right now, we'll get you on a plan to be ready. Stop throwing your money away, paying someone else's mortgage with your rent and start the path towards owning your own home today at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson and you're listening to Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross. Jim, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm trying to get this bottle open. I don't think I'm doing anything crazy. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you're watching with us over on youtube grilling jr on youtube.com i appreciate the disclaimer there there we go a little water break jones to get the show started water break jones. maybe he's a little uh parched uh maybe it's because it's 420 maybe it's because our subject today is mr rob van dam but before we talk about that we've uh, had a little fun talking about your sunday night routine catching up on all things a and e Yep. What'd you think about last week's presentation? I liked, uh, the iron sheet biography. You know, I've known Cosgrove for the damn, for the majority of my career. Uh, I met him in my store in Westfield, Oklahoma. Uh, he and Hodge, uh, dropped by and he was smaller there than the folks that are watching us on YouTube. Uh, he was smaller then than he was in this picture here. When I met him, Cosgrove didn't drink and he didn't smoke. He traveled with Hodge who didn't drink rarely, or he rarely drank. Uh, and Hodge had a sweet tooth as I've discussed. He liked those sweet drinks, you know, the ones that have umbrellas in them and shit like that. There you go. Uh, so, uh, but Hodge never smoked. So he was a great role model for uh cowboy and Leroy McGurk to put Cosgrove with. And, uh, but he was a shy, uh, you know, uh, understated. He was not nearly like the guy that we have seen in years, future years. Uh, but he was such a sweetheart of a guy. I think he still is. Uh, I, I he's, he's entertaining as hell. Uh, he, he gets your heartstrings with his life that he's led been tough losing a daughter to murder. She was a beautiful young woman, uh, was just, you know, shattering it broke his heart. And he didn't, he didn't rebound from it. Well, but who, how do we all know how we would, any of us would rebound in something like that? Yeah. It's a horrific tragedy that you can't prepare your mind and body for. So uh, I thought they did a nice job with it. They captured his, uh, his journey very well. Uh, you know, he had that people think that his run in WWE ended when he dropped the belt to Hogan. Not true. Well, it didn't. Yeah. Hell no. He had that run with, uh, Sergeant slaughter. I think he had a run with Duggan and that's where they get popped for their, uh, getting stopped by the cops and I think in Jersey or somewhere, I'm not sure, but it was, uh, bad timing fellas. So, and they were, they were booked against each other that night and you just don't do that. And that's for two veterans should, should know better. Right. 
they should know better. So anyhow, uh, all's well that ends well. Everybody's, you know, everybody's doing okay now. It seems like, but I enjoyed the, I, I would recommend watching the iron chic, uh, biography, quite frankly, if you, if you're a fan and it goes and takes you back to a different generation, uh, some great pictures and some amazing sound bites from, uh, uh Sheik's, Sheik himself and his family. So it's, uh, it's got a lot that somebody put a lot, a lot, a lot of people probably put a lot of work into it. You can tell it's really good. So, uh, check it out. I'm enjoying those Sunday nights. To be honest with you. I think they're kind of cool. Gives you some, you know, when Deadwood comes back, I don't know how it's going to do. Cause I know I'm going to watch Deadwood. Wait, Deadwood's coming back. Not Deadwood. Yellowstone. Oh, okay. I was thinking, oh my God, how did I miss that? I was fired up for a minute. <laughs> yeah, me too. One of my favorites. Hey, have you, you know, had a chance to catch the HBO show succession? No, you, t- you asked me that and I have not, but I'm curious. It's uh sort of loosely inspired by the Murdoch family, but wrestling fans can't help, but draw some parallels with the McMahon family. And I wanted to get your take on it, but when you catch it up one day, I'm I sure will. we'll have a discussion on it, but. Before we talk about, uh, our subject today, Mr. Rob Van Dam, I want to remind everybody that, uh, dynamite was in Pittsburgh last night, but rampage from Pittsburgh will be airing this Friday night. And of course that's where you'll be able to catch the voice of wrestling, Mr. Jim Ross and rampage. Yeah. How about that? We got, um, Baltimore, Detroit, Austin, Texas, a lot of places AEW is going to be before they land. In Las Vegas for double or nothing Memorial day weekend, including a, an upcoming debut in San Diego or return to Chicago. Lots of rumors about that forbidden door show and the Wembley show. My goodness, this is going to be, uh, quite the stretch for AEW over the next six months or so. Is it not? Yeah, exactly. We're going to be very busy. Uh, and, uh, make, you got to pay special attention to one's travel. You know, I, I manage that stuff, man. I sit in too many middle seats or sit where I didn't want to sit. I got my, my routine now is that if I get in the bulkhead aisle at first class, that's my spot because I can stretch my legs out a little bit and it takes a lot of relief off my ankle. And so that's my, my goal is, but I stay ahead of it. I, when I get on the flights booked, I go, I select seats right away that day. Then, so it was, it's a. There's going to be a lot of travel. I don't know. I'm not booked in England. As I know, I figure I'll go. I want to go, but I don't know. I haven't, it hasn't been confirmed. I, none of nothing's been confirmed. It's just not right. JR, you know, <laughs> and I don't know. Uh, I don't have are tickets on sale. No, they're not yet. They go on sale, uh, early May. And, okay. uh, from what I understand, there's been over 50,000 requests. So you, you, you got to imagine that those 50,000 folks who are looking to uh, get a reservation for tickets, they're not looking to buy one ticket, you know, the, the, the BHAG, the big, hairy, ambitious goal is 91,000 folks. Golly. That's a lot of folks. I mean, I don't even know what staging and production and all that, if that's possible, but I don't the either. idea that AEW is going to run a dog on stadium show and yeah. it feels like a lock at this point that. There's going to be 50,000 folks are better there. This is going to be wrestling history. There's no other way to say it. Yeah. We, we hyperbole the greatest of all time and history and all these things. Uh, this really is a historic event Yes, for, for a little company like AEW to 
grow as exponentially quick as they have, as we have, because I've been there since day one, uh, is uh, quite the testament uh, to Tony Khan's uh, intestinal fortitude. Yes. Uh, or testicular fortitude. Maybe that too. All of it, all the fortitudes, because it's a, that's a hell of a risk. It's, that's going to be a big nut to pr- produce that show. It's going to cost a lot of money and but what you would understand and it would be expected. So I'll, I'm anxious to see how we end up doing. And I hope that I'm there. I'd, I'd love to broadcast from Wembley stadium. I haven't ne- never done that. So that'd be a first in my near 50 year career, be wow. 50 years next year. Conrad, can you fucking believe that? That's amazing. It is. Hope I make it past that 50 mark. So oh, of course you will come on now. And then, uh, uh, Paul O'Brien and I worked on the book this weekend which is kind of an interesting process. Uh, thank God for cell phones and speakers, speaker phones. Cause we, we had a long meeting and you know, he, he does a great job and he'll have a list of questions in topics for me to address. So he's organized. We don't start with a blank page. Right. Uh, so it's uh, it helps me a lot in that recalling and, and things of that nature. So, uh, it's come along real well, still on target, still. We're still on time, as they say, so it's good. And this good publisher, our the the head honcho is going to edit our book, and she is not a wrestling fan. Wow. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to, to try to uh, explain things. Make her, let her hope her, she can help her understand this wacky business. And Conrad, I, I mentioned this to Paul over the weekend. I, I tell me what your thoughts are. I said our target audience has got to be the hardcore fan. Yes. I don't think a casual fan buys a lot of wrestling books. I'm, I might be wrong. Now we've sold a lot of books. We've done real well, but I think if we cater to the hardcore fan in our marketing and in our writing, uh, that we will do fine. It's a, it's a very unique book. It's just the 50, 50 greatest calls that I've been uh, uh, privileged to be a part of and stories around them. So it's a, it, it's a, it has a lot of short chapters. It's a quick read. It's one of those reads where you can take it to the can and set it aside. And then, uh, next time you visit, read a chapter or two. So it's, it's a, it's a fun project. Instead of keeping me busy, which is, I, which is what I like doing is keep staying busy. <laughs> so anyway, things are good in my world. I think I want to, uh, I want to quickly mention, I, I told you when I read it that I think your second book is one of the best books ever on wrestling. And I think one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much is because it was tailored to the hardcore fan. And my personal opinion is that some of the books that maybe try to have a mass appeal, they miss the mark. Yeah. But sometimes the, the, the mass at large, the quote unquote, general public, non wrestling fans, you know, it's going to be a hard sell to get them to read a quote unquote wrestling book. Whereas right, if a hardcore right. fan reads it and it's like, well, this is just filler, no new information. Right. Your second book was not like that. Your second book was filled with great stories that we'd never heard before and some insights into what it was like for w- working for Vince McMahon and all that, that really we haven't seen anywhere else. So I can't recommend your second book enough. Can't wait to see the third one. Thank you. And I'm excited to talk about Rob Van Dam today. I can't believe that. Uh, we haven't done a show on Rob yet because I think he's one of my favorite performers of all time. I mean, me, me too. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of his as, as a, as a guy just to hang and shoot the shit with, hang out yeah. with, 
uh, I've, I've always enjoyed that with Ravi and, uh, and I enjoyed when he was on our roster, you know, he was a different breed of cat. You gotta, everybody's gotta be managed in ways that will more, that will positively affect them. And with Rob, you know, uh, I think his issue was just like a lot of the boys, uh, trust and, uh, and, 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 you know, just making sure that, uh, he felt comfortable because he was a hell of a hand. Golly. He did things then that guys do now. And I don't know if they, they may not even know that he influenced them. I right. hope they did because he's, he's a, he was very innovative. And, uh, and for that, I always have admired Rob Van Dam. What do you think when people talk about the all-time greats, very rarely do we hear his name. Is it because of his ECW background? Is it because of his relationship with marijuana? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Like you often hear people talk about Chris Jericho as being one of the all-time greats. And I'm not just saying what we've been saying for 20 years about Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and Shawn Michaels, but it feels like Van Dam should be in that conversation somewhere, but you almost never hear yeah. that name. And I don't really understand why that is. It's unfortunate. I'm not sure I have the right, right answer. Uh, I would say the marijuana thing has, has had something to do with it. Uh, it's, it never, it never affected my opinion of Rob, right? That's unfortunately, instead of being known for his high flying his five star frogs, flashes, uh, and dominators and all those things that uh, we really like and love, uh, he, he, uh, you know, he, he's just, he, he just was so, so different. And that's the thing about talents today. They have to figure out how can I be different? Yes. And still be effective. And, and he figured it out. So, uh, I was really privileged to have him on our roster. I think he was a great asset to the team. Uh, and, uh, he, I don't know, Conrad, do you ever remember him having a real bad match? I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there, there probably had to be one right out of all of yeah, them, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't call one off the top of my head. And I think in 97, you know, when he was really coming into his own as a character on ECW programming. Towards the end of the year, I was convinced that the dream match that wrestling fans needed to see was that era Shawn Michaels versus that era Rob Van Dam. We didn't get it, but of course, we know Van Dam did have quite the run in the WWE, and we're going to talk about all that. And in fact, his first time being on WWE programming was way back when. Yeah, he was the uh, kid who was uh, involved in a skit with a million dollar man to kiss his foot for a hundred dollars at a TV taping. Who would have known what, what a nice little footnote in history that is that Rob Van Dam was at that show as a young man and collecting a hundred bucks. How about that? Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's a interesting story. And he, I, I've talked to him about that. He's just a, a big fan. Yeah. A kid going to the wrestling matches, going to watch the WWE at that time. And, uh, he, he was, you know, randomly selected because he had the, you know, he had what they wanted to portray on television as a stereotypical fan, right? Good looking young white kid, to be honest. Uh, and, uh, so he, yeah, he, he was, that was an interesting way to make your debut. Shall we say who, who would have thunk, thunk it that he would have, uh, he would go on and, and become one of the, the best, well, most well-known highly skilled talents that we've all ever seen. 
Hey man, let me give you a little life hack just in time for mother's day and father's day. I'm talking about paintyourlife.com. That's the place where you can get a gift that mom or dad will never forget. Real quick, do you remember what you got mom or dad last year for Mother's Day or Father's Day? Well, here's how you give a gift that they'll never forget. You find something that's meaningful, something that's personal. Maybe we're talking about their mom or dad who's no longer here. Maybe it's about a long-lost relative. Maybe it's about their favorite pet who's no longer with us. Maybe there was always this dream that mom and dad were going to vacation to some exotic tropical island, but they never quite made it there. Well, all of those dreams can become reality at paintyourlife.com. You simply upload those photos. You can even use a photo right out of your phone. They can even help you combine photos to create one unique memory. You'll pick the artist. You'll even pick the medium. Hey, do you want oil, acrylic, watercolor, charcoal? You can even pick the frame. The whole process is less than five minutes to get started. You can get it in as little as two weeks, but along the way you work hand in hand to ensure that the artist is nailing it. They're getting exactly what you wanted and you're going to get that reaction you wanted from mom or dad. I'm telling you, this has been a home run for me. I've used it for my mom, for my dad, for my father-in-law, for my cousin, for my wife. It's great for any occasion, but with mother's day and father's day right around the corner, how do we show the people who gave us everything that we really care? I don't think you can beat a meaningful gift like this from paintyourlife.com. And if you're looking to give the best and most meaningful gift you've ever given, paintyourlife.com can hook you up. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. Now to get this special offer, just text the word Ross to 87204. That's Ross to 87204. Text R-O-S-S to 87204. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Well, we know that eventually he's going to uh, let the original Sheik train him. Um, did you ever meet Ed? Oh, yeah. what, what do you know about the original Sheik? What was your relationship like with him? Well, it was just business. Uh, you know, uh, when I saw him, I always gave him great respect, which he loved. Who doesn't? And, uh, he, you know, he built a hell of a business in that Detroit area, uh, you know, with limited television and. And, you know, he had his territory there and it did pretty good. It was all built around him, which is fine. You know, uh, I asked Bill Watts one time, I said, why do bookers put themselves in on these main events? He said, because we can trust ourselves. Sometimes you can't trust the other guys. There you go. So, uh, that made, that made, that was logical. So, uh, I think Sheik was kind of the same way. He wanted to control his own destiny and his own sail, his own ship. And. And he did that by working with guys like Bobo Brazil, who was in and out of there forever. Right. Like guys like that, uh, he, he liked and they delivered. So, but he was an interesting man. You know, was, I think a lot of those old school guys, I, as I recall, were, uh, uh, cautious. Yeah. They, they, they didn't tread, they didn't run into something. They, 
they want, they, you had to prove yourself to some degree that, you know, the same thing with my relationship with Roddy Piper. Uh, and I watched the Piper Hogan documentary too. And that was really good. That was last night or as we're recording this, uh, Sunday night. So uh, it was, uh, and that was a good one, as I said. So two good ones to check out Piper and, uh, Iron Sheik, especially. Uh, so, but it was good. You know, Hogan told Hogan was on a lot. I'm surprised they got him to sit still long enough to, to do as much, uh, gathering of information as they have. It was pretty, pretty, pretty ambitious, shall we say. Well, I think you, uh, run across Rob Van Dam long before you see him on ECW or hire him over with the WWF. You're actually calling his debut match for WCW Saturday night in January of 1993 against friend of the show, Pat Rose. Huh. It's not necessarily a memorable debut, but there you are. Uh, you're the man on the call. Will this have been the first time you remember meeting Rob Van Dam? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He was in there with a good hand. Pat Rose is a good, uh, uh, I don't know how you say it politely, uh, a, a enhancement type guy. Uh, Pat, Pat had a real good, uh, basic skill set, so he could work with a young guy like Rob Van Dam and, uh, and, and help him move, move along, move the needle forward. So, but you know, he was solid and, and he looked good. I'm speaking of Rob, I think looking good was probably one of Pat Rose's downfalls. He didn't have that main event wrestler body that, uh, was stereotypically used, but he was a hell of a hand. So, you know, and I didn't know that Conrad, I didn't know that I forgot about Rob and WCW Saturday night. I really did. But he, the picture brought back memories. That's why I, I love uh, YouTube. I hope folks will take advantage of our YouTube channel because we have a lot of fun stuff there great images and visuals and videos and all this stuff. Just, uh, it's just a, a great trip down the right lane. Yeah. Check it out. Grilling Jr. on youtube.com. Of course, he's not long for WCW. He's going to start working, uh, indies and, uh, make quite a few appearances for all Japan for a few years. Then he shows up in ECW in January of 96. And boy, he makes an impression on this audience with this unique style of offense in a hurry. Are you monitoring ECW in 96 or when does that really land on your radar as somebody helping with talent relations? Well, I, I, yeah, I, I was on the, they're on my radar, no doubt. Uh, because, uh, I, I had access to the channel. I think they were on MSG at that time. I'm not really sure. Yeah, that sounds right. I think they're on the MSG network and I got that on my cable package. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I just. I, I, Rob was just such a unique guy. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm close and still am with Paul Heyman and he, uh, I was pulling for him. It's his company. Right. Yeah. He had a lot of family money invested in it. And, uh, I knew how hard it was to be in charge of a territory. I've been around enough guys that, uh, taught me a lot and I felt like I had a feel for it. And so I was always following Paul and in his corner still am this very day. If I, if I watch a WWE program, I, I hope that I'm watching one that has Heyman on it. Cause to me, he's the difference maker in making good TV or making great TV for the segments that he's involved in. So yeah, I, I did pay attention 
And, uh, you know, a lot of those guys that I ended up hiring were because I first saw them and I got a taste of their efforts and their work, uh, on, uh, on the ECW TV show. And I didn't even know I was going to be in talent relations at that point in time. Just the fact that I, I got familiar with the talent and I liked how Paul booked. So it's a wild West show. I enjoy wild West. Well, we should also mention that, uh, he's not a part of the original ECW invasion, which I guess happened at the, uh, September pay-per-view in Philadelphia mind games, or when they invade the Manhattan center in February of 97. And that actually leads to a little bit of controversy around ECW's very first pay-per-view barely legal, which happened uh, in April of 97. The rumor and innuendo at the time is that Rob had been talking with WCW about joining with Eric Bischoff's company. And I guess maybe he was in his feelings about being left off of the card. Maybe some of that storyline, maybe some of it's not, but he starts to market himself as Mr. Monday night. Yeah. Did you, when do you remember having initial conversations with Rob about working with WWE? Would that have been after ECW was done or before? Well, I didn't tamper with the contract. Uh, you know, I didn't want to screw around Paul or Rob, you know, you don't want to cultivate someone's bad habits. Uh, he was going to fulfill his obligations, but I was very interested in hiring him in 97 and just had to work things out. And he was in a, a heavy program there at ECW. So he needed to finish that and we didn't need to put Paul in a bind. Sometimes the booker realizes this talent is going to leave. Right. And so we have to, uh, take that into, uh, take that into, uh, accordance. It's going to happen. And so do you want him to come to you or do you want him to go to someplace else? And of course, WCW is out there and, uh, but I want to make sure we got Rob on our roster at some point. And we finally did. Would that we've often heard that there was some sort of an arrangement between ECW and WWE. Of course, there was some financial support coming from Vince on a monthly basis, as I understand it. And occasionally you would see talent from the WWE be sent down to ECW, whether it was a Brockus or a Aldo Montoya or an Al Snow or what have you. Yeah. What was the relationship as far as how did the talent work? Like if someone was interested in moving on, did that all need to always go through ECW? I mean, you wouldn't support them going around Paul. I'm sure. No. So I, I'm just curious. Do you think that's why maybe in 97, more of that talent went to WCW because they felt like they couldn't go through Paul to get to you guys. So maybe the Ravens and the Stevie Richards and the Mikey Whipricks and Sandman's and all those guys mm-hmm. went the WCW route just because it was the path of least resistance. They, they might've, they might've, that's a good point, Connor. They might've no doubt. Uh, but all those guys you mentioned were guys that I didn't jump through hoops to hire. Okay. To be honest with you. I wanted, I want at the end of the, as the, as the ECW brand matured, you know, I wanted the Dudleys, uh, I wanted dreamer, uh, and I sure as hell wanted Rob Van Dam uh, among other guys. So, uh, yeah, I, that was, on. there were, I had a small list of ECW guy, Taz. I wanted to sign Taz and we did, we, all those guys we got. And it just took a process and time and patience. And I didn't want to, and I was not going to do anything, uh, that would be new information to Paul Heyman. Right. It's just, I, I, 
out of professional courtesy and the way you do business, uh, the right thing to do is say, Hey, look, we're interested in hiring Rob Van Dam, for example, for the sake of this story. And, uh, how can we make that happen? You know, so when do you, how, when can he, when can you, uh, allow him to exit? Because I didn't want him to exit and then go back. So we've, well, we got one more angle. We thought of one more thing he can do. I didn't want one more thing. I want him, I want you to finish it the way you want to finish it. And the finish is that it's the finish. And then we get him and, and he'll be with us full time. So that's kind of, you know, those kind of conversations I had with Paul, he understood, you know, he understood. Did he like it? Probably not. He's getting ready to lose a big star. Uh, but at least it was communicated to him in a professional way so that he didn't get stabbed in the back on, on any of these transactions. Right. So listen, let's talk about the debut here. It happens in Newark, Delaware, about a month after the ECW pay-per-view barely legal May 12th, 1997. We're going to put Rob Van Dam, give him mic time and a win on Monday night raw. And his win takes two minutes and 28 seconds over Jeff Hardy, which is fascinating because about four years later, they're going to absolutely tear it up. But we see a very young Jeff Hardy here doing the favors for Rob Van Dam, who gets the win with a split-legged moonsault, which is something I don't think anybody watching WWE TV had ever seen before. Right. He does cool. a great pre-match interview with Jerry Lawler, where he's basically agreeing with Lawler that, yeah, everybody in ECW is a minor leaguer, except me. I'm Mr. Monday Night. The the association with um with Lawler in hindsight, maybe doesn't make a lot of sense, but you had to be there because he was on TV every week, ridiculing ECW, making fun of ECW. And it's to set up a pay-per-view match with himself and Tommy dreamer on an ECW show, man, is there anybody better than Jerry Lawler on the no. mic trying to get heat? Goodness gracious. No, there's not. Uh, Lawler is in my top three all time, all around wrestling talents. Yes. Uh, the only other guy that I would put in that category <laughs> based on the fact that their skill set let them become a main, a main event wrestler. He could do, he could manage, he could broadcast, uh, he did, he could do everything. He could be a baby face or he could be a heel, both at high level main event status. So, uh, Cherry was just, uh. And the only, the other guy that's in that same conversation is Bobby Heenan. Go back and do the research on Bobby Heenan for some of you fans already know it. You know, he was a hell of a heel. He was a great in-ring worker and, uh, and he managed as we all know, and he broadcast as we all know. So he and Lawler checked a lot of the same boxes yeah. and both with equal, uh, success. And, uh, so yeah, Lawler's. Lawler's the right place, right time. And he did his job for this thing. You know, he wasn't a big, uh, uh, he wasn't a big, you know, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. He was, he's just, he, he did Lawler just wanted to do business. Right. He wasn't a big ECW fan. As a matter of fact, he was one of their big, uh, uh, you know, adversaries, yeah. you know, protagonists or a- antagonists rather. All that. Yeah. All those things, all those taginess. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Lawler's perfect. And he did a good job in that whole 
ordeal. Look, it got longer TV time. Yes. He's a veteran. The more TV time you can get, the better off you are. So, uh, uh, anyway, he was just, yeah, he was great. He, he helped us a whole lot in that telling that story. Fight Plus is the ultimate digital platform for live sports and entertainment. And they're now offering a free seven day trial at tryfight.com. Fight Plus is packed with a premium live event schedule, over a thousand hours of live action every year, and a library of more than 4,000 hours on demand, plus exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. Fight is a great partner of ours. They support us, so let's support them. Give that free seven day trial a shot, and you'll be a member for life. That's tryfight.com. T R Y F I T E dot com. Well, this angle is going to get hot. It's going to make Van Dam really the talk of the wrestling world. I mean, here's a guy who's under contract to ECW wrestling on Monday night raw. He had to be there, but at the time, this was the first time anything like this had happened. There was no forbidden door back then. Uh, and, and the observer would report that Bruce Pritchard and Paul Heyman were working closely together to pull all this together. Did you think in the end, this would result in Rob being on the WWE program? Or did you know, Hey, we're just trying to, you know, help a brother out on some ECW pay-per-views, but he's, he's going to stick around there. No, I wanted to hire him. Yeah. In a story. I want him on a roster full-time, uh, fresh face, innovative. As I said, probably redundantly already this morning. So, you know, I, uh. And Paul and, uh, and Bruce are buddies, same as Paul and myself, Bruce and myself. And so Bruce had that, that was his big project, you know, to address the RVD ECW, uh, ongoing story. And, and, uh, at the end of the day, we got our guy. That's what you look at. Did you get your guy that you wanted? Yes, we did. And damn glad of it. Well, we should mention that, uh, he gets to work against flash funk, the former two cold Scorpio who he knew from ECW and even teams with Lawler in a couple of matches against the headbangers. But then in June, just after he's been here for a month and change or so, as the story goes, he walked out because he didn't want to put over the road dog, Jesse James. Now this is before he's a part of the new age outlaws. And this is before he really takes off and becomes what he became with DX at this point, man, uh, the roadie was not exactly top of the cards. So when, when he takes an old school approach, like maybe the Sheik, his trainer would have taught him and says, Nope, we're not doing that. He's out of here. What do you remember of that? Awkward, unfortunate. I thought he got bad advice. Here's the deal. Should, should he have put road dog over? If that's what the booker wanted, yeah, it's the right thing to do. I, know, I could argue that point, right? But I, I sure as hell would have stayed on my post and done my work. Uh, and that's just how Rob was, was raised. I'm sure that Eddie Farhat's, uh, influences had uh, a bearing on that decision that Rob was making. I just don't believe in uh, the worst, the worst excuse or reason better said. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's cool when you don't want to finish the project, even though it may not be what you want to do, you're still getting paid and go out there and steal the show and turn heads again. 
and move up the card, but you can't do it. If you're not there, you got to have a Jersey to play. Don't turn your Jersey in. Well said, uh, here's a quote from Rob Van Dam about that. I walked out on them in 97 during that invasion angle, because I was there for the betterment of ECW. And that's what Sabu and I thought. And Vince thought I was there for a different reason. And Paul kept us in the dark about that. He told us the whole time, if there's anything you don't like, just say the word, we'll go, we'll walk. And it came to a point where we're there to put ECW on the map on their TV. Well, he did mean it. He wanted us to get heat with WWE so he could keep us. That's the way Paul was. And I told him, dude, they want me to put over Armstrong, Brian Armstrong. What's that going to do for ECW? So I got to a point where I'm like, Paul, what should we do? And instead of giving me advice, he replied, what do you want to do? If you want to go, just say the word. He put it all on me. And yeah, I can't come in and do the J-O-B. And they had been doing that. So it forced a meeting with Vince. Myself, Sabu and Vince, and I don't know, Jerry Briscoe was there, I think. Pritchard and Paul were in the corner talking to each other, not even paying attention to the meeting. And that's where I learned from Vince that he would have never put me on TV if he didn't think I was going to stay with WWE and he was going to put me in an aggressive baby face role. And I was like, what? Like I had no idea this was the plan. And apparently Paul, he did know. So that's why he blew that up. And then I was there for ECW and it was like, we've got to go and boom, we left. This is a story that I don't think a lot of people know about. They've all heard you know, what the observer printed, which was, Hey, he didn't want to put over Armstrong and he walked out, but that's not the whole story. No. Yeah. No communication is such an important part of our lives, whether you're in the wrestling business or not. Uh, you know, I think, uh, it's just hard to, it's just hard to, to do business with people that are not forthcoming. Right. And I think we had a little issue there. Everybody involved in the equation wasn't forthcoming. Hey, here's what we wanted. We wanted to hire Rob Van Dam to wrestle for uh, WWE full-time, right? Full-time and, and simple as that. Then all of a sudden, all these other outside influences start, uh, you know, adding some seasoning to the soup and it, and it gets, gets over seasoned. So we're talking about soup here. We're talking about booking a wrestler to come in and Vince liked Rob. We all like Rob. It's hard not to like the guy, but, but I think in that, in that, during that point in time, he might've been considered as a little bit of high maintenance just based on his, his background and his indoctrination into the business. And again, being influenced by, uh, one of the great stars of all time, uh, and, uh, the original Sheik. Uh, that, that, that's a possibility. She could, I'm sure gave him advice not to do the, do the honors, uh, right. on, on this situation. I, I'm guessing, I don't know that. And, uh, but I, I think anytime that you're booked and you're, you're accepting pay for your job, how you're cast, or in other words, how you're booked, uh, should not be a reason to, uh, walk off your post. I just, just don't believe in that. Listen, we, we, um, we often say on this podcast in business and certainly in entertainment and wrestling, it's just all of life. Timing is everything. 
do you think Vince would have known what to do with Rob Van Dam? Like would his career have worked out the way he would have hoped had he made this jump here in the summer of 97? I mean, at this point, we've not yet fully embraced attitude is where I'm trying to get to. And I do think that eventually the style of wrestling is going to change. And certainly the presentation with the characters and the language and the content within all that's going to change, but it hasn't yet by the summer of 97. Right. So in a weird way, do you think maybe it worked out the way it was supposed to? I think it did. I think it did work out the way it was supposed to. Our original plan was sidetracked. Right. Uh, so, okay. So you just, you know, you still, here's the deal. You got to do what you got to do, Conrad, to get the order. And if that meant waiting or taking a timeout, so to speak, then take it. The end of the day is I want to sign this guy. I need to sign this guy. It became, I don't want to say an obsession, but it was a very high priority for me because I thought he could add something to our locker room and more specifically in the ring that we could not replicate at least easily because his style was so unique. And, uh, so, but again, I never took my off the prize. My, my deal is I want to sign Rob Van Dam to a WWE contract and I want to see him every week. So uh, that's kind of where I always stood the same spot. If you want to address it, I'll be standing right here. Same spot, same theory, same goal. Well, we know that Rob's, uh, brief run in the WWF is going to be enough to elevate him up the card in ECW. Uh, he's going to be going from a top level heel and then a baby face turn makes him the guy in ECW. He has a two year title reign with the ECW television title that really puts it over the top. And he never actually won the ECW title. Uh, as I understand it, he wound up, I think he broke his leg and he's on the shelf before the company starts to fall into a state of disarray, I suppose. And here's a quote from you in early 2001, when ECW is knocking at death's door, this is a, a, a quote from good old JR. We have not signed Van Dam. I've had one conversation with his agent one. And that was about two or three weeks ago. I told him at the time we had mild interest and if they had better offers, I didn't want them to think there was a deal here waiting on them. That was going to prevent Van Dam from signing with a company somewhere else. He's not a high priority for us right now. I was lying. <laughs> Listen, you don't want to compete against yourself. You're going to have to yeah. talk dollars eventually. So if you say, yeah. oh, we can't wait to get him, you lose your leverage, right? Yep. Yeah. We've not offered him a contract. We've not talked money. We have not signed him, obviously, and we will not sign him until we have the opportunity to meet in person. And that would be based on their schedule and my schedule. I love that you're just able to be honest here and say, nope, I was lying. We wanted him. But of course he did. It's a matter is that it's the art of negotiation, Conrad. Absolutely. You don't want to ever negotiate against yourself. No. You know, I had a guy the other day call me, uh, wanted me to do a, uh, a, a appearance. I told you I was going to try to do more appearances, uh, and here, there, and yon. And, and I, cause I like them and it gets me out of the house, gives me something to do on the weekend. Uh, we don't have a pay-per-view or something along those lines. Uh, but I, I, uh, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, you gotta be smart in how you negotiate. Right. You know, uh, he, I, the company wide Rob may not have been a high priority. 
in my eyes, as someone who has continued to build the talent roster, he was a damn high priority, but I, I, I went along with the company line and what Vince wanted to, how Vince wanted to approach this thing. So, uh, yeah, it, it was just tough. It was tough to, to swallow your, hold your tongue, shall we say? So, but instead we had to kind of tell a little white lie and I didn't like doing that, but cause he was a big priority. As I said, I, I can't explain enough. I wanted him on the roster. I thought he would invigorate. I thought he would sensationalize. Uh, I thought he would have be doing jaw dropping things that, that, uh, nobody else was replicating to any semblance of that. So, uh, I, 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 this was an interesting negotiation. It seemed like it took forever and that's what bothers bothered me because that wasn't the only project Conrad that I was working on. Right. You got over a hundred wrestlers and they got over a hundred issues every day. There's something they need to get pay advances. They did. They haven't paid their taxes. I had a guy one time that was making seven figures a year. Uh, and he, uh, I didn't know, was unaware. How would I know he, he didn't pay his taxes and he hadn't paid his taxes in two or three years. Apparently making a lot of money. Uh, you know, I, we talked about last week, you know, a million dollar year is 19,000 a week. Right. So that's, that's a lot of cash. Yes, it is. So, and you get it every week without fail and the checks clear the bank. There's no waiting or, you know, they're lost in the mail or also that bullshit. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I get a loss for words and some of this stuff. It just seemed like that negotiation took much longer than it should have. Again, too many cooks in the kitchen would be my explanation. Was there any, uh, hesitation on Vince's part because of this, um, circumstance in 97, where he didn't put over Armstrong and clearly we know now it was. Rob didn't have all the information, but I don't, I don't think maybe you guys even knew that at that point was, was there any hesitation on Vince's part, as best you can recall? Not really. You know, he, uh, after a while with me and talent relations, Vince started trusting me. Uh, we had a lot of successes. Uh, we had a run there. We hired some amazing talents. They're all hall of fame level guys, millionaires today, hall of fame type people. Uh, so he, 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 when I went to him, it was like, I had the right answers and, and here's the deal, man, you, you don't get, you don't get married forever. It's not like a real marriage. Uh, I, you know, if we didn't, if things didn't work out, then we say goodbye. Right. Simple as that. Really? It's not any more difficult than that. If you're going to play on the team, then you need to be able to contribute. And we, I knew he, Rob could contribute. It's just all the other ancillary things and that little orbit around him. That uh, was a concern. Let's, um, let's continue with some of your quotes here, because at the time you said, no one can ever deny that he has outstanding in ring skills. It's just the fact that because of the perception of his attitude, perception being the key word, we really need to address our concerns with him in person. And he needs to be given the opportunity to explain his point of view on this perception. The perception may be wrong, but until we can have the chance to sit down and talk with him face to face and give him the opportunity to express himself, we're pretty much where we are. 
so clearly you're pushing for an in-person meeting i like yeah. that yeah. um you said you know you remember these negotiations being more difficult than they should have been well and, and in respect conrad of being long we should have got this deal done months before but it you know again under normal circumstances to be honest with you uh we would have had it done but this wasn't normal circumstances was his agent making it more difficult than it needed to be no i don't think so okay i don't remember who his agent was yeah to be honest with you and so, so apparently he wasn't such a big pain in the ass i got his memory and you know brain right. to my ass i don't you know I, I don't i don't recall that being an issue the issue was just getting robbed to sit down with us, right? Sit, sit down with me and, and go from there. I needed to be able to have a meeting with Rob Van Dam where I could subsequently go to Vince and say, we just had a great meeting. I think you're going to like this kid. He's a little bit of a rebel. Uh, he's a little anti-defiant, but it seems like where we're headed on our, with our overall roster and creative, he'd fit right in. And I have the utmost confidence that he can contribute a big, in a big way here on a main event level. Uh, and that's what I wanted to be able to go tell Vince after that meeting with Rob is here's where we are. So I was, I was dogged. I was like a commission salesperson. I, I wasn't going to get a bonus for signing Rob Van Dam, but I acted like it. I love that. Well, listen, we know uh, as the rumor goes, you had a meeting with Rob in LA in April of 2001. This would have been right after ECW has collapsed right after the WCW purchase happens. Do you remember this meeting with Rob in LA? I, I remember having it, but all the specifics of it, uh, Conrad, you know, we're talking 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't remember it being a bad meeting. Uh, you know, you remember the, uh, unfortunately in our lives, especially in wrestling, you know, the negative news always gets the, above the title, uh, you know, designation, uh, and but I don't remember anything negative about it. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we got our, do we get our deal done that day or another day? You do you know, I don't know all the details, but I do know that the invasion goes to shit after buff and Booker. And it's just not exactly what we were hoping for in Tacoma and as I understand it, that's when Rob debuts as a part of the original ECW invasion with Tommy dreamer. Eventually we know the Alliance is formed between WCW and ECW. So that really happened. That invasion pay-per-view was in July. So that summer it starts to heat up. So if you didn't close the deal in April, you got real close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that only counts at hand grenades and horseshoes. Yeah. Uh, I want to get this signed and get my guy signed, get him in the, get him, get him in front of us, put him on television and let him and turn him loose. Let him run like a wild horse that he is out there. And the a cowboy told me that one time I said, how do you, how do you manage all these guys? He said, well, you got to understand they're wild horses, right? And you got to let wild horses run. So, okay. So I've kind of used that over the years. I'm not exactly sure what it means. But I understand they have their free spirits and they're, uh, and they're usually alpha males. Uh, they're usually highly motivated. So in any event, it was, uh, it was a challenging time. Uh, but I, I remember the LA meeting. He was living out there. I think at that time. 
and then we were out there for a show. So it worked out. I'll tell you what his pay-per-view debut against, uh, Jeff Hardy still stands the test of time. A really fantastic match. Go watch it. Invasion is for the hardcore championship. You want to talk about making a splash wow, look at that. Here with this audience. This does it. And, and how ironic that it's the same guy. He had his very first match in the WWF ring with Jeff Hardy. That happens in July. And then again, in August at SummerSlam, maybe Jeff Hardy was the perfect opponent for Rob. I don't know if he was a perfect opponent, but I don't know. I, I can't quantify that. Uh, I know they had a hell of a match. Yeah, they did. Uh, and they had, they had everything in that match that I envisioned we would have when we got him, when we got Rob signed, he just, he's just a big time player. Uh, and I'm not so sure that even today I saw a picture of him on social media the day he said he did, he had uh, eliminated sugar from his diet, which is a great idea. I need to think about that myself. At least I'm buying sugar-free Snapple. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, I, I mix Metamucil with a, in a bottle of Snapple and shake it up. For, I know you're supposed to put it in a liquid, but it didn't say it has to be water. I love you for that. I don't know what I expected to talk about today, but Metamucil in a, in a sugar-free Snapple that that's, that's going to get my week started. Right. Yeah, man. And, uh, helps your digestive tract among, we, Hey, we do a lot of things in this show for our, uh, aging digestive tracts. Oh yeah. You know, uh, so anyway, I'm getting down a wrong hole, but the right, no, you know hole. what, since we're here, we might as well talk about it. You and I love starting our day every day with a G one. It's just That's one it. scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. Maybe you don't have time to take all these different supplements. Maybe you want better gut health. Maybe you want more energy. Maybe you want to optimize your immune system. Maybe you want a supplement that, you know, actually tastes good. Well, AG1 checks all the boxes. With one delicious scoop, man, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, all your minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, everything you need to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all of the things. You don't have to take mine and JR's word for it. These folks have over 7,000 five-star reviews and it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you're trying to do keto or paleo, or maybe you're vegan or dairy or gluten-free, AG1 still for you. There's no sugar. Uh, I'm sorry. There's less than one gram of sugar, less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial anything. Y'all, it still tastes good. It's going to support better sleep quality and recovery, better mental clarity and alertness. Think of it as like your all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now we think it's time you reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash JR. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash JR to take over ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's athleticgreens.com slash JR. So Jim, the whole Alliance is pushed as the heel invaders, but somehow Rob Van Dam's baby face pops are noticeable right from the beginning. Oh, like they are right out is with him right away. Um, I know you're probably not surprised by that. You, you've been chasing him for a while. 
Was anybody in the back surprised by that? Was Vince or anybody else surprised? Oh, I'm sure they were. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Uh, but Rob has that innate ability and he still does. I'm thinking, I was going to say, you know, on a one-off, could he go out and have a great match with somebody yes. that yes. skill set matched up? Hell yeah. He could today. Yes. Today. Uh, but he always had the amazing ability to connect with the audience. And, you know, no matter what we think, a, a televised wrestling pro wrestling event is, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, you're, you're in a studio, right? Sometimes they're big studios. When we go to the UK, that's a big studio at Wembley stadium. But it's a television studio and, and for the lack of a better term, because the television show is emanating from there. Uh, uh, to me, that's a television studio. When we were at Daly's place studio, we're on the road studio we're in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was just, uh, last night as we, this drops and you know, so it's, it's just, uh, it, that's what they are. And, uh, but he could command that audience very well for some. I don't know if it was a, the, the gleam in his eye or the, his body English or just his de demeanor, something connected Van Dam with the live audience as well. And as quickly as anybody I've ever seen. Well said, um, why do you think the, the crowd gravitated to, to, to him from day one? I mean. For a long time, we've heard people like Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff say that this ECW audience was a, was a niche audience. It was a small audience. Wasn't enough to support their, their small company, blah, blah, blah. But when he shows up here on the big show, the WWE show, he's getting big reactions right away. So there is some familiarity there. How do you reconcile that, that, well, it's tiny and they don't have a big audience, but boy, these crowds are popping for them. Well, they had a bigger audience than we wanted to admit that they had. Okay. Uh, quite frankly. And, and that audience was very loyal. They were very vocal. And if you're an ECW fan and you saw RVD doing well, that means a guy from uh, formerly from your team uh, is succeeding. And that's a good thing. So, uh, that's kind of how I see that thing. We had a, we had a, a really, uh, it was surprising to a lot of guys. I was mildly surprised. I thought he would get a baby face reaction because people simply liked the son of a gun, but he, uh, you know, it just, it just was amazing to me that he connected with the audience that quickly, that fervently it was real. It was real. And that's because RVD never played the role of a character. What you saw was who he was. Right. And it's at some point, if you do it long enough and, and, and well enough, uh, that becomes a, uh, uh your calling card. And he had that, he had that going for him. So uh, I am always, like I said, I'm uh, exuberant in my praise for Rob Van Dam. I just think he was a great get for us but it wasn't an easy get. Well, we know he's, uh, immediately going to be working with some of the top guys, Kane undertaker, Chris Jericho, even the rock, uh, is Vince responding to the, 
the crowd response or are guys asking to work with him or how does he get this great spot so early talent? There you go. Talent. And he was new. He was unique. He was different. He looked great. He could do things. Other guys wouldn't try, you know, uh, I know the, we're all partial and, 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 and love them still love the memory of Eddie Guerrero and his five-star frog splash, but you know, and I'm not knocking Eddie. I loved Eddie. I spent more time with Eddie one-on-one than maybe any talent that I ever did, uh, in my career. Cause he had, he was high maintenance. Right. Uh, unfortunately. So, uh, that five-star frog splash Conrad was a piece of art. His what Van Dam had this unique ability to strike with his impact on a, say, for example, a five-star frog splash that you just don't see. It looked like he was caving the guy's chest in It's physical. It was snug, but not dangerous. I don't recall anybody coming to me and saying, Hey, Jr. can you talk to RVD that he's a little stiff now I might've got that quite frankly, cause he was a little bit firm, <laughs> but it's hard to, it's hard to reprimand somebody unless they're being, uh, you know, dangerous, uh, they're taking too many risks, but to deliver a five-star frog splash is controllable. One of you is not even moving. You're on the, you're on the mat waiting. And so, uh, you know, but he did work snug. He's a physical guy. And I love that. I truly love that. And some of those older veterans that you like you talked about, uh, you mentioned this moments ago, uh, they liked it too. Right. He wasn't a, you know, where his lockup wouldn't break an egg. He was, he was a firm physical guy and it translated to television. People could see it and they could feel it. And they responded. Just three months into the company, he's going to be working a main event in October. It's a pay-per-view main event working against Steve Austin and Kurt angle. This is just crazy in hindsight. When you think about it, I mean, this company is hotter than they've ever been. Stone cold. Steve Austin is your world champ. Kurt angle has just had maybe the best debut in, in wrestling history to this day, my goodness. And all of a sudden Rob Van Dam is in the mix. Uh, you mentioned a minute ago though, that occasionally you would hear from guys who thought maybe he was a little stiff. Can you talk to us about that? I heard the same thing about Austin. You know, there's a lot of, there were several guys you go back and they just, they just, that was their style. It's like a foot using a football analogy. They had rather play smash mouth football and run the ball down your throat, uh, as opposed to being, uh, you know, have gimmick plays and, and smoke and mirror type thing. Uh, so I got the same thing from people, Austin, Goddamn, Steve's heavy handed. Any, well, I suffer from that myself on that little angle. We did after WrestleMania 17, where he beat the shit out of me. I, I, I asked him after the show. I said, what the, are you pissed at me? No, why? I thought that worked out real well. I said it did, except the part, the part that you beat the dog shit out of me and then decided to cut me with a scaffold, uh, which I'd never do again. I was so nervous and scared that I didn't even ask any questions. Not one single question. 
the only thing I suggested was, uh, we had to come up with a distraction and I suggested that Vince come out and I remember Vince's famous line, open him up, open him up. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he followed your orders chief and I got it. So, uh, but Austin was the same way. You just look, if the guy's being careless and his, uh, carelessness could result in a serious injury. Yes. Any, anybody's going to get it. It's going to be addressed. I never had that ongoing conversation because I didn't want to take that wild stallion that, that out there running wild, running free. I didn't want to, I didn't want to put a bit in his mouth. I just wanted to be careful and simple as that. And he was for the most part, no doubt about that, but he was physical. Van Dam's a very physical, uh, in-ring talent. After the no mercy pay-per-view, it's time to, uh, wrap up this invasion angle because well, it's not going according to planned. And Rob is going to be a part of the 10 man elimination chamber or elimination match, not a chamber match at the survivor series. And we're going to see the WWF victorious. And that's the end of the Alliance. But because Rob is the hardcore champion, he can stay with the company. Uh, you've said, uh, about Rob Van Dam that it was a huge missed opportunity for the company. Quote, you shouldn't allow your company to penalize a guy because of some of his social situations, i.e. smoking weed. Who cares? As long as you're not smoking it before your matches and it doesn't affect your performance or put somebody at risk. Rob Van Dam, that was a huge missed opportunity. We would have added at least that youthful feeling and that unique style. We missed the mode on that deal simply because the office didn't have the confidence that RVD was reliable in the sense of, oh, well, you know, he does smoke a little weed. Come on, shit. We missed the boat on that one big time. There are a lot of guys in that company smoking a little weed. And, thing, and, and we say that like it's a sin, right? You know, I'm investing thousands and thousands of dollars in my family's, uh, uh, cannabis operation, which I think will be open on, uh, I think our, I think our, uh, store, what do you call those things? Store this, the, uh, dispensary dispensary. Yeah. I think our dispensary is going to be open in a a couple of months, uh, as things seem to be progressing. Well, boy, there's a lot of paperwork, a lot of legal stuff to get involved in this thing. Thus far, I haven't had any issues, but, and I won't have any issues, nothing to hide. Uh, so there's a lot worse things that we can do with our lives than smoke pot. I think it's almost wore out. And I think there's so many people getting educated to it. Uh, you know, gummies for sleep and things of that nature. You know, it's, there's a lot of good reasons to, to, to consume the product cannabis. So, but I didn't see that as a big issue. Again, this is what I said in that statement, as long as you ain't doing it at work and you're not impaired going into the ring, if he was, and I, I didn't know about it and nobody was stooging him off. So I assumed that because he was a quote unquote top guy, if somebody had something on him that they could bury him with, they would have, that's the wrestling business, but he was, uh, uh, but nobody did. And I don't know if that was the, how their allegiance to RVD or they're just, he wasn't using at the, at the, uh, at work. That's my only, it's gonna be one of the two. Well, listen, let me ask you this. You're running talent relations. So if this is perhaps an issue, um, and I'm not saying it's an issue for you, but if it's something that you're going out and saying, boy, we missed the boat on this because he smoked a little weed, 
And you were certainly bumping up against that somewhere. And we assume as fans that that somewhere was Vince McMahon. But we also know that there were other guys who were legendary drinkers. Maybe they didn't have a problem here. And we know there were other guys who would medicate with prescription pain pills that right. caused a lot more problems than marijuana did. Bingo. Was, Vince, was Vince a little old school in his thinking in this era? I think it came along. I think it came along. The more information that people gather on marijuana, on cannabis in general, uh, the less resistance and pushback you're going to have. Because, you know, the studies have shown how much, how many different ways that uh, utilizing uh, the cannabis in a variety of forms can help somebody with this basic issues. You know, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, for, you know, instead of taking, I used to take Ambien. Ambien is a very strong, dangerous drug. You're supposed to use it part-time or short time, short time. And I did it for years and it's a, it's mind altering. It's a bad thing. I remember one time getting my senses and I was driving to the Oklahoma city airport to fly to Las Vegas and I wasn't even booked in Las Vegas. I don't have, have a clue how I got that thought in my head. I thought, well, I got to make this flight. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a bad deal. I got off of it. Cold Turkey. Haven't had one in years and years and years, but it was a, it's a horrible thing. So I'd rather somebody, uh, talk a little bit as opposed to, uh, taking the pills and the ambience of the world and things of that Xanaxes and things, muscle relaxers, all that stuff. It's not, it's not healthy marijuana. After you compare it to all those other things, doesn't seem like such a bad thing after all. And I don't even know what the drug policies are in, in either AEW or, uh, WWE in regards to this matter. I've just, it's, it's never been an issue in AEW that I'm aware of. And I'm not around the, the WWE guys to know yay or nay. Right. Uh, but you know, that somebody's using it and it's, and they're and, the, and most of them have a lot of them have a good reason as opposed to just being recreational. I want to get a buzz. So, uh, it's got its place, but it's gotta have, you gotta be in the right place for all that to make sense. Well, we know Rob Van Dam being in a prime spot makes sense. So he's going to get to work with Kurt angle on SmackDown and Kurt gets busted open. The observer would say this angle was bleeding even worse than most of RVD's opponent from a kick to the nose. Apparently there are people really upset about Van Dam backstage and that he's getting over so big with the fans. And the belief is management looks the other way, him constantly hurting people undertaker in particular spoke up after this match. Listen, I'm sure for a lot of folks, you're just like, yeah, yeah. I don't mean that to be that sound that way, but yeah. it kind of is what it is. But when the undertaker raises his hand, does, do you really tilt your head and say, okay, well shit, maybe we should take a look. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Out of respect to the undertaker, I'm not going to ignore him. Right. So I, I had, and I, an undertaker would not have any issues with me going to RVD and say, Hey, look, uh, you're, you're getting a bad rep on stiffing people. And the latest one to complain, uh, was taker taker. Don't complain about nothing unless it's there. It's real. 
Right. So you got to be more aware of some of the things you do that are marginal. If you just miss it this much, we're cool. But if you're off this much, it's dangerous. So, uh, you know, I don't know how it all worked out, but I don't remember having ongoing issues with it. And then that's, you, you read a statement, somebody had written about, uh, I don't know. It was, it was not as bad as the, the media and the dirt sheets and all that other stuff would like for it to have been. It wasn't, it wasn't that way. It was, it was addressed. I don't know what the hell am I supposed to do? Make right. it run a theme, <laughs> right? Put him in front of a chalkboard says, I will not potato. I will not potato. Man, that's a new shirt. Buddy, so, we got to have an animation of that. I, I need an animator listening to this to draw us Rob Van Dam, like Bart Simpson at the start of the Simpsons. I will not potato. I will not potato. What a great visual. We do know that he winds up working with Taker at Vengeance and he drops the hardcore title to Taker. I'm sure the internet believes that's punishment. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah. That. It's gotta be punishment. Conrad, Jesus Christ. It can't just be the fact that they got their small issue put behind them and Taker did what was best for business. And that was working with RV because if Taker not wanted to work with RVD, all you gotta do is tell Vince. Right. And then you get the most powerful weapon in wrestling, the eraser, you get it out of your, your, your stash and you go to work, fix it, change it. So, uh, but I, I thought those guys had, I was always worried that Rob Van Dam and Taker were not going to have the chemistry that they both would have ideally liked to pull this thing off. And I was wrong on that one. They had a good match. They did have a good match and, uh, he goes on to win the intercontinental title from William Regal in the opener at WrestleMania 18. He has a series of matches with Eddie Guerrero over that championship. Uh, and he's probably somebody you guys can count on to have an exciting match week in, week out. He's the person who's tapped to put Brock Lesnar over huge at King of the Ring in the tournament finals. Uh, and man, talk about a match that was way ahead of its time. Uh, Rob goes on to be the Intercontinental Champion, the European Champion, and the Hardcore Champion. He has all those runs throughout 2002. And in fact, he winds up being the final uh, Hardcore and European Champion as those belts are eventually merged with the intercontinental title. I guess there was an era here where we just had too many doggone belts. Do you yeah. think we have too many belts these days? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, because we, it, when there are so many of them, Conrad, they're, they're hard to manage and they're hard to make me more because there's so many alike. So in other words, there's a lot of titles. Which one do we prioritize? Which one gets all gets the most, uh, uh, the best hugs. So, uh, yeah, I think there might be too many titles in general. And a lot of indie promoters have their own title and they need something to help build their little promotions around. I don't see anything wrong with that, but I think some of the major companies may have a little bit too many championships just, and I might be wrong on that deal too. You know, you guys watching may have a different view of this, but I, I, I think there might be too many. You got to be able to focus on something. And hone in on it. So if you got six or seven titles or whatever it may be, which one do you hone in on? And it can't be done just because they're on TV. Now, what are you going to do for them later? What are you going to do for the next week? How do you continue to evaluate and to grow your, uh, your brand with these championships? 
you know, I think orange Cassidy's done a great job as the inter, inter international champion. And I wasn't for that title being created on the surface because I didn't know all the details and I sure as hell didn't know who was going to be the champ and boy, uh, orange has done a great job. He's one of our most underrated performers in my opinion. Uh, he's, he just continues to have great matches, but he's taken it on himself. It's part of the story to, uh, he's taken on himself to make that championship mean more. And he's doing a good job with that. So that's the, that's the, that's the thing you got to have are, is the guy you're putting the title on, is he or she willing to go the extra mile to make their, their title mean more than it previously meant. That's the key. We know that eventually Rob Van Dam gets his world title match against Hunter and unforgiven Hunter's going to get the win with a little help from Ric Flair. And you would think, Hey man, maybe they're going to do something larger with these guys. Uh, maybe Rob Van Dam has an opportunity to be the world champ, which once upon a time, I don't think a lot of people would have predicted, you know, when he was in ECW that his style would work or that Vince would get behind it, but he did. I mean, he's had title matches against Kurt Angle and, and Steve Austin and now triple H all in world title opportunities. Yeah. Some of that seems to come to a head in survivor series, 2002. It's the first ever elimination chamber match. And it's most notable maybe for two things, Rob Van Dam's frog splash being one of them. Of course, we saw Shawn Michaels debut the doo-doo Brown tights that everybody was talking about, but the frog splash onto Hunter where he inadvertently lands directly on Hunter's throat. This is a really scary situation for Hunter. Yeah. yeah. He manages to gut through it, but this is a little more serious than busting the guy's nose. Clearly it's an accident. I don't think there's any chance that Rob intentionally hurt. Of course Hunter. not. God, no, but some well, will think that Conrad yes. because it makes good dirt. Well, the dirt became, Hey, he's been, he's going to be deep pushed now because he hurt Hunter. So that's where they're drawing the line. And, and I would want to argue that. But instead of continuing the singles push where he was just headlining in singles pay-per-views for the world title, now we're going to put him together with Kane as a tag. So we're keeping him on the show, but not nearly the same presentation. Do you think that accidentally hurting Hunter hurt his uh, momentum here? It might've it might, accidentally, it might've, but I don't look Hunter didn't go crazy on it. It shows you too, that and, and we can't overlook this. Uh, triple H continued the match. Yes, he did. And so that tells me his dedication and his, this is fucking toughness was very prominent. And, and sometimes I don't think triple H gets the credit for being as tough as he was overcoming. He he's been injured significant injuries to quad and all these things. But so, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for triple H in that respect, to be honest with you. But RVD was, uh, that was an accident. And when you ask a guy to be physical and you ask a guy to use his weaponry, which frog slash is one of those, uh, assault weapons, uh, you, you, you kind of got to evaluate, uh, the risk reward situation. And, and because we put the pressure on RVD to, 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 to roll with his game and look. If triple H had not wanted to do a, uh, frogs have a frog slash executed on him, then it wouldn't have happened. Right. 
So he felt comfortable enough to have it done. He knew it was going to be a sensational spot, but who in the hell would have thought that just a, a few inches here or there was, would cause so much, uh, uh, consternation, yeah. but it did and he should have, but, it, and it did. Well, we know that, uh, the tag team with Kane is what's next. He is going to get a shot to wrestle the new champion, Shawn Michaels in a disappointing match on Monday night raw. And Rob has said in interviews that because of his attitude at the time, he didn't think Hunter and Sean were big fans of his. Do you remember hearing that or getting that vibe that maybe his, I don't know, loner mentality was hurting him. Not if, yeah, he had a different personality. Uh, he wasn't the most extroverted guy. Uh, I, something could have occurred in a conversation. Uh, between those three guys that I'm not privy to, but certainly it would seem that, uh, they, both those guys are smart enough to know that on a good day, on a right day, a match with RVD was money. Yes. And guys are going to be more motivated by money, uh, or the, the potential thereof of more money more specifically. Uh, and so I don't think that. Sean or Hunter would pass up the opportunity to work with a top guy who does unique things. I could see a, 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 a nice long match with uh, Sean and RVD with all the things that they did offensively being uh, nothing short of spectacular. Unfortunately, that didn't seem like it worked out. And I don't know, you know, there's all kinds of stories. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I was not privy to having to have a sit down or anything along those lines because of this specific matter, but it could have, it could have, it could have existed again. It could have happened in a private conversation or somebody may have said something that Hunter and or Sean said about RVD just to stir the shit that happens every day. Rob's next big program is when Kane is going to unmask after a match with triple H and choke slam Rob as he's back to being deranged, trying to set Rob on fire and things like that. Uh, Kane would eventually defeat Rob at SummerSlam and then again on Raw in a no holds barred match. I mean, listen, Bruce says it all the time. You can't be in the main event every time, but we are losing some momentum here. And he sort of floats along uh, along Monday Night Raw, having good matches, but he's mostly in the mid card working with folks like Chris Jericho and Christian, but nothing really of note. And it does feel like we've lost some momentum, but then maybe we get a shot in the arm when he gets drafted over to SmackDown. He's going to start teaming with Ray Mysterio, which is a great tag team. But again, we don't really think of Rob as a tag team wrestler. Um, and uh, unfortunately he blows out his knee. He's going to be on the shelf for a while. And he goes to Vince McMahon and says something like, Hey, why don't you have an ECW pay-per-view? And this is right on the heels of the rise and fall of ECW being the best-selling DVD, I believe in, in, in modern WWE history. And supposedly when you guys hear the idea, you go into it and here we go. One night stand is a thing. Do you remember that being a Rob Van Dam idea? Yeah. Uh, he was one of the, one of the guys that, that started talking and interested and saw potential and it, and look, he was on the money that pay-per-view was a, made money. Yeah, it did. It was a, it was a damn success. Uh, so yeah, uh, but there were other ECW guys that once they heard the whispers 
of that RVD and maybe others, maybe Heyman, I don't know, uh, you know, came up with uh, this idea. Uh, I thought it was a hell of a good idea. We had the talent. It yeah. creates another television show. And, you know, I think where we do that, the Hammerstein ballroom or something. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a great atmosphere. You can't help but have a great atmosphere there. And then we added all the drama with some of the, the JBLs of the world, the, the, the WWE guys, uh, being there to stand their ground and so forth. So uh, I thought it was a good idea. Hey, hey, and look, here's the thing. If somebody says, well, they devalued RVD and they, they, who the fuck are they? Uh, but when they, uh, when he hurt Hunter, he got punished and this is the result of it. When he gets hurt, he has serious knee surgery. And so he's, he can't help us right now, but he did. He helped us with this idea. So, uh, if the and if Vince did not respect RVD, uh, then why would he have taken RVD's pay-per-view idea, which is a huge investment production, rent, all these other things, pay, they pay the talent. Then I don't know what would be. I think, uh, he's, he was very much respected. It's just that he wasn't the kind of guy that needed a, uh, 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 a, a pulpit to stand in and stand on and, and preach what he believed to be right. He's just a different birdie cat. He would say his mind, but he was very, he was invaluable Conrad on this deal. Cause that was a hell of an idea. And it was a great show. It was a great show. He's going to cut a great promo out there in front of, uh, the entire ECW faithful. Of course he's injured at the time, but he's doing it on crutches and uh, fans are just excited to see him. Right. But we know that he's going to be really working hard to come back and uh, he's going to come back better physically than ever before. And maybe you're looking to come back better physically. Well, a lot of that is going to be with your diet, man. Let me recommend factor. Factor is something that I've been enjoying a lot lately. I can't brag about it enough here. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And they can help you fuel up fast and get these ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Maybe you're too busy to cook this spring, but why not skip all the trips to the grocery store? Skip the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you got to do is heat and enjoy. And maybe you're trying to count those calories this spring, trying to get that beach body ready. Well, check this out. The calorie smart meals are just 550 meal, 50 calories per serving. That's unbelievable. You can also do calorie smart or vegan and veggie. You can do keto. You can do protein plus whatever you're looking for, whatever your lifestyle, they've got the chefs preparing it. They've got the dietitians approving it. They're all set with 34 plus chef prepared dietitian approved weekly options. There's always something new to try. Maybe you need some breakfast stuff. They got you covered with egg bites, smoothies, and more. But man, you'll never get in a rut when you got 34 or more options every single week. I actually prefer this over takeout. Not only is it cheaper than takeout and better for you, it's also faster. How in the world can you beat two minutes? Uh, I, I've been stocked up with Factor for, the, I guess, the last month or so. Last night, I had lasagna for supper. It was a Factor meal. Yesterday for lunch, I had Parmesan chicken and some sort of green bean. Man, I don't know what they put on those green <laughs> beans. They're awesome. They were ready in two minutes, and my wife, who wasn't totally sold, 
she looked it up she did all the research and she said hey uh this is the real deal and she's enjoyed a pork chop yesterday herself factor has something for everybody it's it tastes fantastic i cannot stress this i understand that sometimes when we talk about meal kits and meal delivery kits you think yeah but it's not going to be as good as takeout no it is with faster you can rest assured this is going to be great by the way it's good for the environment too they're trying to offset 100 of their delivery emissions to your door and they're using 100 renewable electricity for their production sites uh, and they even have sustainably sourced seafood in your meals so feel better about what you're doing for the environment what you're putting in your body and what you're saving in your wallet but most importantly for me, it's faster. Two minutes. Come on. Head to factormeals.com slash JR50. Use the code JR50. You'll get 50% off your first box. That's code JR50 at factormeals.com slash JR50. And you'll get 50% off your first box. Factor's the real deal, aren't they, Jim? Yeah, and, and they got great packaging. You know, it sounds like an old, old timer. Get off my lawn type deal. But they got great packaging. You never get anything that's leaking. No. I'm making a mess. It's all neat. Well done. And I like the fact that they make decisions for me as far as what's healthy and what isn't. So, uh, you know, Conrad and I both, as you can tell by looking at our lovely faces, we like to eat. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And uh, we'll travel far and wide to get a good meal. Yes, sir. The neat, the neat thing about this is that you can do that in your kitchen. You got a microwave your business and so it's that that's that simple you it just two minutes you got two minutes to invest in the next great meal I, two it really i'm not stuttering two minutes so give us a, give it a shot now's a real good time to try it if you're curious because you get 50 percent off your first box and that's a significant savings i love it and i'll tell you what my parents they weren't sold on it my dad's been trying to work out and do a little better and and, uh, he was always falling victim to, well, what am I going to eat at lunch? Because you know, you're at the office and you got to figure it out. I brought him and my mom, a couple of factor meals. They loved it. They went and signed up. They used our promo code JR 50. So they say 50% off their first box. And what's cool is folks, you can automate this. My stuff shows up every Wednesday now, and I'm all set for the week. And, uh, it's way cheaper than you imagine. Go check it out. Factormeals.com slash JR 50. And be sure to use that promo code JR50. So listen, let's talk about Rob Van Dam. He comes back from this injury at the 2006 Royal Rumble. Um, and, and ECW is planning to be relaunched here because of the success of One Night Stand. And at WrestleMania 22, he steals the show, man. He wins the Money in the Bank ladder match and announces that he's going to cash it in at One Night Stand. Now we can beat up and discuss all of the, was this the right move to relaunch ECW or not? And, and was it well executed or not? But having Rob Van Dam be the face of that brand makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. And I love him coming back and winning it in a ladder match like this. This just has his fingerprints all over it. That was good booking. To be honest about it. Let's give the credit where credit is due. Also, uh, he didn't Rob Van Dam did not create his own staging. Uh, and so, but you're right. You, 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 you can't bring a person back. That's a star or that you want to be a star, uh, and not have an impactful return, whatever that impactful takes, whatever it means in this specific instance, that's what you got to have impact. 
and so having a guy come back, you got the sensational background, the ladder, the ladder match and, uh, uh, WWE has kind of d- developed its own following, you know, its own brand, its own personality, whatever you want to say. And so, uh, and that was right down his alley. He, he loved that stuff. So and, and he, and he wanted to steal the show. You could tell by his preparation, how hard he worked to rehab his knee and all those things. So, uh, he, he never let us down in that regard, you know, and if, if we say, well, the issues with Rob Van Dam were with his personality, well, what, if, what about this Conrad? What about this? What it was, what if it was our personality? Hmm. What if it was the establishment's personality? And I could, you can ask that question fairly. Yeah. Yeah. So it takes two to tango as the old worn out cliche goes. And, uh, so I, I, I just was, I thought it was great booking on how they, how, uh, WWE brought him back, uh, and he prevailed in that ladder match. And I thought it was a hell of a ladder match. It was an incredible ladder match, an incredible performance by Rob Van Dam. And even more incredible is the match he has with John Cena at one night stand. This is a hostile environment. It's a great match to go back and watch just because of the quote unquote heat from the crowd. They hate John Cena. I mean, this is really, really well done. There's huge F you Cena chance, same old shit chance. You can't wrestle chance. Um, just really, really great stuff, but maybe the biggest surprise is that unbelievably Rob Van Dam wins the WWE championship. Yeah. And the crowd impact, Connie and Im- booking impact. Yes. Can you think of, I can't this is clarify that, but can you think of any other outcome that would have more significance than what RVD did that night? No, I can't, I no. can't a special moment. Uh, you, you should go back and watch it. We got great stills here on grilly JR on youtube.com. Uh, Paul Heyman is going to be the guy who actually counts the three people were maybe expecting the swerve. It didn't happen. Rob Van Dam goes through the crowd, hugs his wife on the balcony. He's the WWE champion. Uh, it, it took him just five years to get there. And two nights later on the first ever ECW on sci-fi TV show, RVD is awarded the ECW world title that makes him a dual champion. And, uh, man, what a story. It lasts about three weeks. Uh, he has a title match defeating edge, uh, on the June 25th, 2006 show, which is vengeance. And a week later, there's a circumstance that the torch would write about. Sunday night, just after crossing the state border into Ohio, Rob Van Dam with Sabu as his passenger was pulled over by a police officer for speeding. When the officer pulled over Rob Van Dam and Sabu, he smelled marijuana in the car. He then searched the car and found 18 grams of pot, which is just over half an ounce and eight Vicodin pills belonging to Rob Van Dam. He also found an unused pipe commonly used for marijuana smoking and several other unidentified prescription pills that belong to Sabu. Both were cited for drug violations and posted bond on the scene. Both must appear in court in Ironton, Ohio on Thursday morning this week. WWE considered RVD's offense more serious since marijuana is a banned substance, according to the official wellness policy. Therefore, he was suspended for 30 days. 
A 30 day suspension is also stated punishment for the first positive drug test result. Sabu was fined only a thousand dollars. As it turned out, the pills he had were prescribed to him for a diagnosed medical condition. And the pipe was unused with no drug residue. Sabu has had drug addiction issues in the past. So WWE officials feared the worst when they heard what was found with the officer described as drug paraphernalia paraphernalia. At first, Rob Van Dam and Sabu were concerned for their jobs. Sabu, especially since he has so much less tenure and clout with the company. However, McMahon has become a fan of Sabu's style and persona. He felt he was a vital member of the ECW roster. So when the offense was relatively minor, his job was safe. In fact, McMahon approached Sabu after the ECW televised event on Tuesday and told him how he appreciated how he'd been handling the situation since Sunday and looked forward to working with him in the future. Words gotten around that Sabu was extremely apologetic to his colleagues for what happened, realizing it shed a bad light on the entire locker room, which had a rep for being out of control and drug riddled during its ECW original prime years. Sabu had gone so far as to offer to take the rap for Rob Van Dam, arguing that Rob Van Dam has things going his way lately, and it would be a shame for both of them to lose their jobs or be heavily punished for the incident. RVD refused the offer, and the police officer likely would have contradicted any attempt to shift all the blame from Rob Van Dam to Sabu. I don't think you're running talent relations in this era, are you? What year was it? This would have been uh, 2006. I think I was tell tell me, tell me how you guys handled this. Well, it was a, we had to get it off the front page, so to speak. Right. And I think we handled it fine. I mean, we just followed the policy policy was 30 day suspension without pay. Right. So it's, and, and you got to strike. So I don't know how we just followed policy, Connie. I think this is the best way I could explain it to you. Is this we did, where the policy was, uh, and the and the talents had agreed to the policy by signing their contract? We just followed the rules. I just hate this for Rob. Man, he had so much momentum. This was such yeah. a big time in his life, and now it's going to lead to two impromptu title changes because of this suspension and drug citation in Ohio. RVD is going to lose to Edge on Raw and Big Show on ECW. So we got the titles off of him. Yeah. You had to Conrad. You had to. Yes. You had to. I mean, it went public. It got, it got out there. It made a headline. They had police involvement, all this other shit. And, uh, they shouldn't have been speeding. Look, here's the issue. Real simple. If you're not speeding, you ain't gonna get stopped. Right. So sometimes you just, just bring on your own misery by being careless. And these two dudes who I both like, if I'd been sitting in the back seat, I'd have been right there with them. Right. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, it just, you gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. And they weren't, and it was bad, bad timing for Rob. Because again, I said very early in today's show, part of the pushback at times for RVD was his advocacy, uh, of, of cannabis. Right. And that made some people uncomfortable. It's less that way now because cannabis is more, as I said earlier, and I hope this is true, at least for my business sake, that they, uh, uh, you know, 
people figure out there's things they could do to you ain't just got to get high. That's not the idea. Anyway, Rob was, I felt so bad for him. Yes. But I was also a little pissed off. So, because how do you put your, how do you allow yourself to get into this position? And it's just, how do you do that after all everybody had done collectively to make his deal in WWE happen? Primarily him because of this amazing talent. But we all, a lot of us had, had a dog in that fight. I certainly did. It's unfortunate, but, uh, it feels like this is the beginning of the end for this run for Rob Van Dam. I mean, he reached the, the mountaintop. Yep. Made a mistake, had marijuana in a state where it was illegal and he was driving above the speed limit. These don't seem like major infractions now, but this was a different time. This right. was a different era. And good point. good point. Unfortunately, when he comes back, he's just featured on the ECW program and he's no longer positioned as a top guy in WWE. And at WrestleMania 23 in Detroit, he's paired with Sabu, Tommy Dreamer, and Sandman as the ECW originals. And they defeat the new breed. And that's going to be RVD's final WrestleMania appearance. His final appearance of this six year WWE run is at June 2007's One Night Stand pay per view. Or some might say he surprisingly defeated Randy Orton in a stretcher match. And, uh, as the story goes, Rob was said to be burnt out and needed some time away from performing full time. And I'm curious, were you in any regular communication with Rob towards the end of his run here? Or once he decides he needs to take a break, I mentioned earlier that he was a little extroverted Yeah, some people, he had a small, and if that means he had a small group of friends, than it was because he had a small tight circle that he trusted, I guess, the best way of putting it. Uh, but you could tell he was getting worn. Look, the, the challenges that Rob Van Dam has put on his body over his amazing career are extraordinary. Yes. You can't roll out of bed every day and feel okay. You just get, well, you want to get better. And one of the ways that you can get better in this business is just not get in the rain, let your body heal. And then you can heal mentally and physically. If your body is not aching all the fucking time, then it's a, it, it takes a lot of stress off of you. But if you're in pain constantly, that has to be addressed. You can't sleep. You can't set up. You can't lay down. You know, it's just hard. It's hard for these cats. It's not an excuse to go out and burn a joint and get high, but if smoking pot at the end of the day, or using it as a sleep aid, a gummy, whatever the case may be, there's an argument to be made that there's a place for that. I'm not advocating you do it or you don't do it. I'm just saying that there are reasons, good reasons that some people, uh, utilize cannabis and without the sake of just saying, I want to catch a buzz. Right. So, uh, but I, I. Look, as we've talked about on this show, I worked really hard on getting Rob under contract and working with him and trying to build some trust. I saw Lawler and I made an appearance in New York city a year ago, maybe. And he and his wife, Rob's wife were there at our at adjacent tables. We had a great day. It was good at reminiscing and shooting the breeze. And I saw how he interacted with the fans. No wonder they'd like him. Yeah. He's a, he's a good appearance guy. 
So yeah. if you're doing appearances and you want somebody that you're going to get, that's got name identity and it's got a great personality and likes to meet the people kind of like me, then you know, get it, get a hold of him. He's a great, and he'll, and he'll sell tickets for you. No doubt. Uh, I've had him at Starcast a few times, highly recommend it. If you have an opportunity to have Rob Van Dam on your show, do it. If you have an opportunity to meet him at a meet and greet and you're a fan and want an autograph, go do it. You'll have a great interaction. Um, Rob's going to continue to make these one-off appearances with WWE for the next few years. And he even has a three-year run with TNA. He, uh, reaches the mountaintop there, becomes the world champion there. And he comes back to the WWE for one last run from 2013 to 2014 crowd reactions are always going to be good there. Uh, but it winds up being a short run, but it does feel like he doesn't age like the rest of us, man. <laughs> uh, and, and in recent years, he's, um, still been waving the banner for the legalization of cannabis and he's made a tremendous impact there. And he finally gets his spot in the hall of fame a couple of years ago. What do you think Rob's legacy will be in the wrestling business? Oh, one of the most underrated superstars of all time. Again, the distraction of marijuana was took some people's eye off the fact that this guy is one hell of a wrestler. And he, and he, I, I, I try to think when we we're preparing the show, is there somebody, is there a match that he shit the bed somewhere along the way in a big, in a big match on TV? I couldn't recall one. So I think he's going to always be known as, you know, he can't just be known like today as the 420 guy. He's got to be known for his skills and his ability to have great main event level matches and look what all he overcame the perception that he was unreliable and that he couldn't get the job done. He proved all those naysayers wrong in a major way. So he's had a, he had a hell of a run and, uh, he's just a, I enjoy talking to him. I enjoy hanging around when I see him. It's fun. And, uh, I can see again, as I said earlier, why the audience has gravitated to him in a variety of arenas, uh, for the last several years. Well, let me go ahead and recommend something for now. And that's manscaped. You may not know next season's here in the U S you know what that means. It means that manscaped's here to make sure your paperwork is done. And your boys downstairs are having fun. Make sure you spend your tax return money on the important things this year, like family, friends, and ball deodorant. Join the 8 million men worldwide who trust manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. When you use our promo code, Jim Ross, what a better way to use that tax return money than investing in yourself. Manscaped can cover you head to toe. They've got this brand new performance package 4.0. It's the ultimate bundle. The lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is the star of the show. You already know what it does, but now I want to remind you, it's got an led light and it's waterproof. How about the brand new weed whacker 2.0? It's the ultimate ear and nose hair trimmer. They've got a brand new, totally revamped blade and motor. We think it might be the best ear and nose hair trimmer of all time. It's cordless, it's rechargeable, and it too has skin safe technology, just like you know that the Lawnmower 4.0 has. I want to mention two other things the Crop Preserver, which is anti chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's Tony Schiavone's favorite. The how Crop Revival. How, how does Tony know it works? Well, before he started using the ball deodorant, he worked at Starbucks and he started using the ball deodorant and his phone rang. Tony Khan put him back on TV. So before and after folks, stinky balls, drive through. 
Smell Good Balls television star. It is what it is. I guess so. uh, the, the crop reviver, the spray on toner for your balls. Eric Bischoff tells me now his boys don't hit the water anymore. I don't know what that means, but that's what he's telling me. So what's that mean? Your sack dry, shrinks up or what is that? I don't get that. It, it, it gets, gets some of the hang out of there. Oh, okay. You don't so need them flopping around. There's not as much hang time. Not as much hang time. Okay. The beard hedger pro kit is the head honcho. You've got everything you need here. Uh, sometimes if you've had a beard, uh, shaper before it comes with like a whole drawer full of guards. You don't have that here. One guard gets you all your different positions. They've got all the wet products you need too. I want to mention though, this is April. April is testicular cancer awareness month. Uh -huh. And Manscaped is partnering to bring more awareness to testicular cancer society, uh, to let you know more about testicular cancer and men's health and just early cancer detection, obviously something that's near and dear to us here on this program, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Jim Ross at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Jim Ross at manscaped.com. Don't just get your money back this year. Get your swagger back too with Manscaped. Good stuff, Connie. Nice. Uh, they're so loyal to us yes. and we, and we to them. Uh, and because I guess everybody on the podcast team uses Manscaped. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, I, uh, I'd put our cruise podcast, our podcast cruise balls up against any other podcast cruise. <laughs> they're the neatest. They're the cleanest. They're the meanest. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, Manscaped.com. Use that promo code Jim Ross. Save yourself some cash. I like the fact that you get the free shipping. How do you beat that? That's a good deal, man. That's a good deal. 20% off. So check it out, folks. You'll be glad you did, quite frankly. I know it's a little awkward. We have fun talking about it, but it's a product that works and manufactured by an amazing company. So uh, check out Manscaped and save that money and get free shipping and manscaped.com. Promo code Jim Ross. There that you would go. Be me. That would be me. Thank you. Uh, Joe wants to know, was there ever any serious consideration about getting the rights to his ECW song walk by Pantera? You know, that's interesting because WWE only licensed real songs, rarely sparingly. You right. see Tony Khan do it on a pretty regular basis these days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was it ever discussed for Rob Van Dam? Because that was such an iconic part of his ECW. Not program. to my knowledge. No, yeah. it, it may be in a small group or somebody may have asked a question. Or can we get Jim Johnson to make music that sounds like, uh, RVD's original, uh, that type of thing, probably, probably some casual conversation, but nothing seriously. Uh, Fernando Diaz wants to know, Jim, do you have any good chocolate cake stories with Rob Van Dam? Never had any chocolate cake with Rob. We kept our, uh, you know, we didn't slip off anywhere and have a, have a joint. Now I'm not going to tell you that if he was in my home. One of my homes sounds egocentric as fuck, uh, that I would, I certainly would share one with him. Be happy to, it's gotta be in the right environment, right? Or you're just getting high and if you're not in the mood just to get high, especially if somebody used to, used to work with, then, you know, it might be, the, you gotta, you gotta consider all those things, so, but no, I, I've never enjoyed cock chocolate cake with, uh, with RVD. Not to say that I won't, or I wouldn't. Instagram a wrestling historian wants to know what was the best time for RVD to become world champion before one night stand 2006. That's interesting. I guess what he's asking here is Jim. Do you think they could have pulled the trigger in 02? Probably could have. 
I'm a big believer. You can make most anything work in wrestling. If you got the talent and the ring to execute it, right. Execute your plan. You give them a reason to win a title. You give them a reason to chase. You give everybody a, <clears throat> the stories. have got to have reason. The dots have got to be connected. I thought we did it fine. I, it got a great pop. It was a surprise. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Connie. I thought we did a good job on that particular booking. He made an impact. Rahi, meaning Rob Van Dam, made an impact on how he won that match. And I think that would have been hard to replicate in that environment, that atmosphere. Perfect for what we did. Bryant says, Rob was always one of my favorites. Do you think Rob wasn't vocal enough backstage to rise up sooner? Or do you think he was just happy with whatever came his way? <laughs> I think he was just happy with whatever came his way by and large. Yeah. I think as he matured and got a little older, he, he, uh, he, he may have re relaxed that philosophy to some degree, not totally, but to some degree, I got the damn hiccups. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. What was your question? What was the question again? Cause I left a part of it out. I think, well, just, do you think he wasn't vocal enough or, he oh yeah, he, he could have been more, he, you, you gotta be a, your own salesman, right? You got to toot your own horn, right? And it may be awkward for some people based on their basic personality. And obviously that was the case for Rob, but he did not speak up because he didn't know what to say, or he didn't have a clue. That's just his style. He was laid back and, and, uh, somebody said, well, oh, well, he smoked all that weed. He stayed high all the time. No, no, he didn't, but that's a good story for you and your dirt sheet. So roll with it. Have fun. Joey says, if it wasn't for the arrest, do you think RVD would have main evented in WrestleMania in Detroit against John Cena in a rematch? That feels like the natural thing to me, Jim, you know, him being from Michigan and yeah, could have pitched it as the hometown thing. And, but it would have been babyface versus babyface too, but man, the chemistry and just the crowd and how hot they were for Rob and, and, and John at one night stand, I would have loved to have seen that on a WrestleMania stage. Yeah, it'd been fun, but not likely to have ever happen in any, anybody's any world. And you named the reasons it's a baby face match. It's gotta be a special scenario, a situation. The last thing WWE would want to do is put, uh, at WrestleMania and have the main event and have Cena get booed like a, yeah. you know, like a criminal. Couldn't do that. No. And, and it's, it's just, uh, I just believe that all main events in WrestleMania or, or any other big event, like all in or whatever, they need between need to be between a antagonist and a protagonist. It can't be two of the one, one of each, uh, two, two, two baby faces. In other words, two antagonists. Uh, so I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that, I think that, uh, RVD was smart. He just, that was his style, Connie. And we're so used to being around these gregarious over the top alpha male type talkers that sometimes we don't, uh, take that into consideration. The guy's real personality. He's comfortable being what he is. And the last thing you want to do is make your talent uncomfortable by your demands. Well, let's tell everybody all about it. We're here. Uh, we got to talk about the reason we're here and that's to celebrate the greatness, the goodness that is jrsbbq.com. <laughs> I have had so much fun with this all purpose seasoning. I use it on almost everything. I think you will too. 
They got the main event mustard. They got the Chipotle ketchup, two different types of sauce and now hot sauce. You guys are doing stuff and innovating every single week. It feels like you have specials or promotions. What's going on this week at jrsbbq.com? Well, everything's in stock and we're shipping every day. So if you put an order in at uh, jrsbbq.com, uh, you can, uh, you know, you get a shift in, in a matter of hours, quite frankly. So something to be considering we we're staffed 24 seven. Uh, we have a warehouse that's adjacent to my partner's, uh, home. Uh, and so it's, we're always there. We're always shipping order comes in. The last thing you want to do is let it sit. You want to go pack it and ship it, get it out. So that's what we do. And shipping is really an important part of this business. Uh, the JR's red ass hot sauce is starting to develop its own following much like the all purpose seasoning and some other things, mustard, ketchup. It's funny what you, you know, I thought ketchup sales were soft. Then I look again and they're not soft They're good. Uh, so, but the JR's red ass hot sauce is, is, uh, is developing a following. I think it's going to be a baby face Conrad. <laughs> I love it. JRsbbq.com. Check it out and be sure to check us out on YouTube. Grilling JR on youtube.com is where you need to be. Uh, it's fun to listen to the show. It's way more fun to see Jim and see some of the uh, accoutrement with the show. Be sure to follow us on social media as well, because next week we're throwing you the keys to the show. It's hashtag Jr. So be sure to ask your questions using hashtag Jr. at Jr. Grilling on Twitter and Instagram. Grilling Jr. over on Facebook. Of course, we got all the merch you could ever need too at GrillingJRTs.com. That's GrillingJRTs.com. Lots of fun stuff there. And Jim, you've got some fun appearances coming up. I know you're going to be in Charlotte for the gathering August 4th. Tmartpromotions.com has all your informations there. And man, we're going to be uh, making the rounds together. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. We got, I got two or three appearances booked. We'll get a little closer to them all. Uh, get out, get the details out. I know uh, you can find that information uh, on our on the site here. So, uh, or at least that's what I'm told. Anyway, uh, we'll make sure we promote it. No doubt about that. I just got agreed to do one in New York. How about that? Yeah. Uh, coming up in a, in a couple of months, Charlotte. And I think there's somewhere I got, I think I got three or four on the, on the back burner, Baltimore, New York, man, you're on tour. We'll have more details next week, but next week is going to be fun. We're going to get to cover everything under the sun. Use hashtag ask Jr. And tune in next week to hear answers to your question. Right. Ask about social media. Be sure to check us out at JR Grilling. I don't know what I expected today, Jim, but today was a lot of fun. I hope we did justice to one of our favorite wrestlers of all time, Mr. Rob Van Dam. Yep. And I look forward to hearing you on the call tomorrow night on Rampage. TNT, baby. Uh, check the local listings for the. I don't know how the, our, our schedule is being affected at times by the NBA playoffs, uh, but check the local listings. Check your guide on your cable or whatever. Uh, it's going to be a good show. Uh, you're going to like it. And I, I like the fact that rampage Tony Khan is beefing up rampage. Yeah. We're get, you know, you're, you're getting some good stuff there because everybody can't be on dynamite. You can put everybody on dynamite, but they got no time to work. That's right. You have a bunch of two or three minute matches. So I'm a big fan of the growth of rampage and happy to be a part of it. Check them out tomorrow night on Rampage, and we'll see you next week right here on Grilling JR with the voice of wrestling.
Mr. Jim Ross. Thanks everybody. Appreciate you very much for joining us. Don't forget now this YouTube thing is big. Don't miss the boat. Jump on with us and you'll be glad you did and have a great week. Hey guys, Tony Schiavone need to call a timeout real quick. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling what happened when listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. Jim Johnston created the soundtrack for generations of WWE fans with some of the most iconic themes in history. Jim sits down with Conrad to take us behind some of those classic themes, including The Ultimate Warrior. And then I recorded that. And then just over that, you're just doing... You know, it's so simple, but that's what felt like him. Plus, an all-new edition of The Book is here as David Crockett takes us page by page, gate by gate, through the JCP booking logs of April 1985. On Sunday, April 14th, you start the day with a 2 p.m. show in Richmond, Virginia, 43 grand. An hour later, Asheville, North Carolina kicks off, and it's another 63-63. But then that night, you guys all cruise to Atlanta, $31,000 at the gate. Talk about a banner day for Jim Crockett promotions. This is hard to beat, man. That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why ad free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.